This is the 919 Beer Podcast, brought to you by White Street Brewing Company. Big time beer, small town soul. Remember that you can also download the show at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app, and in the iTunes and Google Play stores. Now, here's the hosts of the 919 Beer Podcast, Joe Ovius, Adam Eshbaugh, and Wayne Holt on Buzz Sports Radio. Welcome to the 919 Beer Podcast. Joe Ovius from 99.9 The Fan in Raleigh, North Carolina. Adam Eshbaugh and Wayne Holt from 919 Beer. A uh, special shout-out to White Street Brewing. They sponsor the podcast. The Kolsch, readily available. You can also check out the Hopical Island. The uh, It's a seasonal. It's a, uh, a very cool tropical season IPA brewed with real grapefruit. Uh, we'll talk to the 13th Taco in a little bit. They brought the food today. Man, I love tacos. Tacos are the best. And Big Boss will drop on by. Brad and Alan uh, will talk about their uh, their new releases. They've got some cool new Strange Cargo. And you know Brad's got an opinion or two on the state of the biz. Uh, I think still people are talking about that Wicked Weed interview that we did uh, two weeks ago. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you reminded me of it. <laughs> forgotten about it. You forgot about it, huh? Well, I mean, it was pretty much a week ago for you because you were out well, well, again even, last week. Even still, I've been getting feedback from that even like as of this week, it's really? been some interesting comments. Yeah, I mean yep. I, that's that's fine, that's fine. Yeah, but I did miss last week. Uh, thanks to Alec Campbell for filling in. What did I miss last week? By the way, last I don't week. Remember. Yeah, wow, it's been a week. It was job. so long ago. That's right. Adam has a, a real job now, so he can't remember. I think things. we had a. Uh, was Andrew here last week with food? I don't. No, remember. that was a while ago. I was like, man, I don't know. <laughs> it's been <laughs> totally a long week lost. for me. It's been a lot totally of stuff lost. going on. It's totally. I just right now. Patrick. Uh, Patrick James was here. Kevin was here. Yep. Oh, yes, yes. Alec yeah. told me about that. We he... tend to have fun no matter mm. who's in your chair. Right. Well, you're going but... to need somebody next week because I won't be here. Ah, oh, jeez, again. Yeah, off to San Francisco. Sorry, guys. Summer vacation time. What are you going to do? I don't know. I work for a living job. I know. What's you a actually, summer vacation? You have a, you have a real job now. All right, so what have you guys been up to? <laughs> uh, well, obviously working. Well, yeah. I mean, that makes, well, two of us because me and Wayne. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I, I have... Uh, I've been actually I've been able to have a little bit of balance here recently because you know the brewery recently what the last I mean, two that days a brewery basically run basically yeah. runs itself because so. you got Sam and Dave there. <laughs> hey, I think that was tried before in that spot. You be careful. So <laughs> the uh, no things at the brewery going well and uh, we're having a lot of fun with it and we're having food trucks there Thursday through Sunday and having a good time selling lagers drinking a lot of lagers and um, I don't know if I mentioned this last week our friends at Bond. Um, Stopped off a six to of long stride that is on our office kegerator, which is pretty cool. Um, those New England IPAs, man. It was great. Yeah, actually, uh, I haven't been invited by to get one of those, but I did get one at, at, Bond, <laughs> at Bond yesterday. You know, it's just it's amazing. I told you, you got to come during when I'm holding office hours. Office hours. Yeah. Uh, okay. So anyway. But yeah, I was at Bond yesterday afternoon. Had a you were at Bond. I'm shocked. By yeah, that. I had a really nice, uh, really nice time there. Went into some friends. Carlos and I went down there, and uh, actually went to Charlotte yesterday. Mm-hmm. And while we were in Charlotte, we stopped at Old Mecklenburg and had lunch and a beer. And man, that place is just incredible. I know. I'm it jealous. It's gorgeous, isn't it? It is incredible. I'm jealous that you were actually able to go out there. I, I'm a big fan of that spot. And I was in Charlotte for as well uh, the last week. That's why I wasn't here last week because we were doing ACC uh, ACC kickoff the ACC football media days, um, and they just had, you know, your typical, you know, 
Were you the one vote for Duke? No, I was okay, not. Right. Steve Spurrier was. But uh, <laughs> no, so they actually were serving. What was funny about uh, ACC kickoff was they were really going hard on the cocktails this year. Like, oh, wow. They had like branded cocktails to go for. Were they Were like, they North Carolina Spirits? No. no? There's like the ACC cocktail, ACC media cocktail and some other stuff. It was really, really weird. So I didn't really have a chance to get out. Um, of, many cocktails. Yeah, I was going to say, because yeah, of the cocktail. No. Although I did do, I, I, I attempted to do karaoke while I was out there, but. Because of the cocktails again. No, I see. they uh, they never they they took too long to get to me doing Weezer's Buddy Holly, and then I went to the beach. I went to Carolina Beach over the weekend. Although what I wanted to say coming back from Charlotte is I noticed that Red Oak. Yeah, they're new. They're getting close to yeah. I guess their so, beer hall. Yep. My only question is, now I love Red Oak. All right, I'm a big fan of the Hummingbird, but what's what else is out there? In that around them, there's there there's some subdivisions that have Are built there? up over the last ten years. Yeah, okay, you don't, you don't I mean, there's them. a bunch of stuff within twenty minutes of there. Oh, there's a bunch of stuff within ten minutes from there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I didn't realize nothing like, surrounding that. Spot. Just that spot. So I mean, like, it looks really impressive. Yeah. And yeah. but I am curious, like, who's gonna go to it? Like, who's around? It's not like Old Mac, right? Which right. Old Mac is in the middle of a warehouse area in a developing part of Charlotte. Uh, where you can walk to it from a neighborhood that's nearby right? Uh, and things like that. But I think you might be surprised at how many people that are into craft beer that are traveling that interstate are going to see it or they're going to know that it's there and they're going to stop uh, people from out of state that are riding by. I mean, yeah, there's, there's a lot more brewery tourism on the East Coast, especially in North Carolina, than we give it credit for. You get someone coming from, say, Richmond, and they're headed to Charlotte or Atlanta, and they're, they're craft beer folks. They may stop in there, but yeah, there's yeah, a lot more population around there than it looks like it does from the interstate. And Red Oak currently doesn't have a tap room. That's correct. No, they don't. You know, so this is something that they can finally take advantage of because there are people that stop there all the time. I've been out there. Yeah, and, and look, and Red Oak just stop in. I will say, in the last couple of years, Red Oak has upped their visibility. So, like, if you go to the DBAP, they now have the Red Oak Hummingbird like deck. Well, Adam, okay. wouldn't, you, wouldn't you wouldn't you say that probably Red Oak? Man, I got to think. Some of their beers are probably the top sellers in the state. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. No question. Yeah, yeah. because they're every, every restaurant, every bar, they've got a red eye. And I can find it easily now, too. Like, I was out of Carolina Beach, and they already had they had the Hummingbird in the, in right. the freezer section, right. in, uh, in the refrigerator section, where a yep. couple years ago, there was no way you were going to be able to find it. there's that. your answer to well, Adam with Wild Loggers. Yeah, well, Wild Loggers. Right. And, I'll t- and I'll tell you what, even more, um, you mentioned that refrigerated section. That's also why, like, you don't see them in bottle shops. No. Well, uh, you you mainly only see them in grocery stores. They have a clause in their contracts where their beer has to be stored cold. Yeah, has to stay refrigerated. That's the whole point. Yes, and which is more, why I like them. Yeah, I mean, that's why I, I mean honestly, they're they in terms of consistency. I always find the Hummingbird to be one of the more consistent beers, uh, local beers on yeah. the market. So, and there's a reason for that oh, because no, they have no their doubt. quality I mean, control yeah, that goes along with that. And you know, some I don't know beer beer snobs really tend to sometimes look down. Oh, absolutely, that. yeah. I think I, don't I think because of the stigma of being in grocery stores and um, I, oh, get whatever, over themselves. but they are very consistent, and you can't fault them for selling so much of their beer. Uh huh. Hey, real quick, uh, before we say hello to our guest, are you going to drink more natural light because you Marissa Miller believe it is now the spokesperson? Who you know who Marissa Miller is, right? Is she on TV or something? Swimsuit model. She's been on the cover of SI mm, not a, a couple times, I think. Yeah. Yes. You know, so now she's the spokesperson for natural, natural light. light. So you're gonna be you're gonna be drinking more because of that? No. Not a chance. No, you're good. Not a chance. I, I'll at least 
know that those <laughs> that two are related. Light, you'll at least know that natural light's I there. I will probably get to know who she is because I'm sure she's going to be all over live sports advertising, and that's pretty much what I watch. Yeah. So I'll get to yeah. see her, but that's it. That'll definitely be the case. Yeah, well, but the question is, will that create brand confusion? With who? Miller Lite. Why? Marissa Miller. Actually, no. her statement was, it's a great time to, to be a Miller. Uh, wow. Nah. They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Although maybe I need to talk to my wife about that. She'd have a better answer than I would. Because I'm not confused by it. I love tacos, Adam. We know this. Actually, As we're, do I. We're actually doing a video uh, with our friend, friend Glenn uh, in our sandwich rundown mm. about tacos as sandwiches, and we're going all over the place. So I was very excited to see that the 13th taco is our guest today, Chef David Peraza is here and you guys have been open for uh for just over a year now but before we talk about uh the wonderful shrimp tacos that you brought today for the podcast is a taco a sandwich uh it could be interpreted as it but you wouldn't call it one no no you wouldn't it's just it's like a hot dog is a sandwich people always like having that debate yes it, i think it is you it's a taco it man it's a, see that's how i am it's a taco it's a taco it's very specific so wait your personal view my personal view yeah is that it's not a sandwich okay but a hot dog is Hot dog's not a sandwich either because if you ah. take the hot dog out of a bun, it's still a hot dog. You see what I'm, you see what I'm getting at? If no, it's take... a frankfurter then. No, it's still a hot dog. <laughs> or a wiener. Still a hot dog. There was National Hot Dog Day this week. Yeah. I think it was, what, Wednesday? I saw, I saw the nightmare fuel of That's your not face me. in a dancing taco. That's not me. It was That's not me. to say the least. You can, you can talk to our program director about that. a bit more wiggle than that. I needed to see down there. All right, so Chef David, um, what, uh, why did you want to get a taco truck going? Well, we always we know that that's uh, something easy mm-hmm. to deliver to the to the guest. Taco is popular, you know, and tacos have been around forever. Yes, you know, and I grew it is, up with that, and, and it's a perfect street food too. Exactly, I'm a Mexican, mm-hmm. and I've been you know I've been living with tacos all my life. <laughs> but you don't just do like basic tacos. No, we don't. You do some pretty. Excellent tacos. Thank you. And you brought what for us today? We have we brought the Louis Louis mm-hmm. shrimp, which is a North Carolina citrus poached shrimp with a harvest pico. Mm-hmm. The harvest pico uh, entitles to uh, cherry tomatoes, fresh organic cherry tomatoes, and organic cucumbers, herbs, and spices. I'm not going to give you all the ingredients. No, you don't want to give us all your proprietary <laughs> you information. Go. Although, and it's served cold. It's it's chilled. Yeah, the tortilla is warm, mm-hmm. but it is it is a, it is a summer dish. It is yeah. a perfect summer dish. It is really That's, great. Like it it's 95 degrees outside right now. That's the kind of taco I would want with a nice cold beer. Absolutely. So it's a shame that uh, Michael Hayek is not here. He could have brought what's his face. Uh, what's his face? Well, what's his face yeah. for mutual? Could have brought Takate. He could have. Could have. Could have. Oh. Perfectly hey, with it. I mean, it pairs perfectly with this big boss. Uh, that it cucumber does. line blanco that diablo it does. that we'll talk about in a little. That bit. it does. All right. So I am curious. So you're going with different because again, it's a very versatile dish. I mean, essentially, I think the back of your shirt even says you can fill a taco. Everything with fits yeah. in a tortilla. Everything fits in a tortilla, right? That's our motto. Yeah. So you're able to try different things and experiment a little bit, including the shrimp dish. What what other kind of tacos are a little off the beaten path? Well, we have the uh, the Mumu 2 right now, mm-hmm. which is a uh, a marinade similar to the uh, the Greeks, but it's an infusion of cilantro, serrano peppers, and a good olive oil. Uh, and it gets crowned with a, um, a refreshing sauce, which is a yogurt sauce. Mm-hmm. Again, spiced up with our 
Mexican chilies, herbs and spices. Now, is that beef or beef? Okay, ten filet mignon. Wow. Oh wow! That's okay. what's on the truck. <laughs> very nice. I said this is very fancy. Wow. Uh, are, so you're you're clearly taking the taco to a fancier place, but there still has to be because I get like this too about certain foods. You got the classics as well, right? Well, the foundation of mm-hmm. of the sauces and the marinades on all of our dishes mm-hmm. are traditional. Okay, that's good. With a twist, with my touch. Okay. So you know the red bird, for instance. It has a combination of our two regions in Mexico, the southeast region, which is in the Yucatan, mm-hmm. and also the central Mexico, which is the pastor flavor. So it has a combination of both of those. Okay. And that was the first thing I ever had off your truck over at uh, Fainting Goat last year. Not long after you guys opened up, I actually had that. So it's really yeah, nice. I believe yeah. the red, yeah. I think, I think uh, last year or earlier when you guys had dropped by, I think that's the Redbird was one of yeah. the... It was it's a little, a little bit, bit different, now. different okay. now. Yeah, and we, you know, I try to do the components of the texture. Mm-hmm. So that dish uh, on top has a um, some Yukon potato sticks, which is, that's, again, part of the fusion that we do. Do you find now that you've been, how long have you been in the States? Uh, I've been here since 1972. Okay, so. Uh, longer than you, Joe. Lo- mu- well, yeah, yeah, much longer than <laughs> me. Don't make me feel old. Much uh, not as long as me, because I'm older than that. Yeah, yeah far. I'm not going to say when I was born. <laughs> but uh, but I am curious, though, with American audiences and the adoption rate of the taco. I mean, you can pretty much get tacos just about anywhere. Um, do you find American audiences coming around to different things or what you would find traditional things? For instance, I can go to a taco truck and get lengua, right? Exactly. If you were to present that to- Wait, uh, is that tongue? Yes. Yep. Okay. Then That's how the how would my Spanish how would somebody do you find people taking to that now or are they still a little bit more traditional in that okay it's a chicken based or it's a steak based rather than doing like say a chicharrone which is you know fried pork skin there's a few uh, Americans out there looking for that tr- for that traditional mm-hmm. and uh, of course uh, some of the people don't accept it yeah still lengua you know that's tongue <laughs> right. but actually once you cook that right it, it tastes like brisket. Yeah, you chop it up, you season it, it's really tastes, nice. It tastes like brisket, so it's, you know, it just depends how the approach of mm-hmm. the individual that's selling it, you know, um, and we can call it a different name. That's one of the reasons why I want to be unique mm-hmm. and call my dishes with a name, like the Red Bird, mm-hmm. uh, Porky Asia. <laughs> right. Porky Asia, it's a, a phenomenal smoked pork belly with Asian flavors, the mm-hmm. ginger, the oranges, and all that. Uh, the red bird, the the fish tails, for instance. Okay. The fish tails, it's a grilled fresh mahi mahi, again with components that you don't typically see on a taco. Asparagus, you know. Yeah, asparagus is not something I would immediately associate with a taco. But but this dish but is works. phenomenal. Adam, you wouldn't be interested in a uh, tripe taco, would you? Uh, tripe's a fish, yes. No, tripe is not a fish. No. It's a tripe. Do you know, no. you know what tripe is? No. Clearly, because I just asked if it's a fish. It's intestine. I, some, I try it. Then some chitlins. Uh, yeah. I, I'm more interested in this tongue. Yeah. And I think we need to have a lingua taco at Buracana. No, I think what that's going to happen is when they come to the mason jar next, uh, next week, Yeah, I think you can try it then because you know they're going to bring it because it's Fuquay. Fuquay and Andrew Easy. is probably where they're selling a lot of that. <laughs> and I can say that because I grew up down there. And I grew up in the country, and my dad would eat that stuff like it was nobody's business. Oh, yeah, because you had, well, because so, I like beef tongue. 
He would eat anything. Well, that's just how it is. Chitlins, Be- well, that, all of it. because you basically had to find ways to use every aspect Absolutely. of the pork. Well, he was See, a baby I'm, of I'm seventeen Cuban, kids, right? so. Oh, so great. so my my grandparents, um, especially on my mom's side, basically uh, my abuelo would eat anything off the pig because growing up in Cuba, that's what you had to do. You basically took every aspect of it. In fact, sometimes down in Miami, we'd go to restaurants, he'd order off menu and just like order like a giant pork leg and get in the knuckles and all that fun stuff. But that's he loved it. Absolutely loved it. You're looking at me like no, what? I'm, you can even get you can even listen. get cabeza if you want. You can get a head taco if you Absolutely, want. Absolutely, yeah. I'm yep. I'm just a very visual thinker. Yeah, so you're like, thinking yeah. Like as soon as you say that, I'm visualizing. That's why you got to get the, the names. That's why when you see Redbird, you know, you're going to go. <laughs> yeah. You're like that. No, I I I like bizarre foods right. and things like All that. Right. I, I I don't I I enjoy learning about them. I would definitely taste them. I don't know that I'd finish them if I didn't like it. My What's wife the point will eat of anything. I won't. I will not. No, you're up... not very adventurous nope. in in your food. You nope. love good food, but there, you 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 keep to certain I, yep. things. I'm, How I'm about crickets? I I think I've, I've had, actually had crickets. Yeah, before. I have too. No, I've, had cr- just, I've had crickets. That's yeah. just what okay. I hear when I tell my Grasshoppers. jokes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, although, anyway, flour tortillas, corn tortillas. Today was flour. Right? Today was flour. today was flour. But you, do you also do corn? Of course. Okay. And and sometimes when I do my specials, I make, you know, a very f- unique flavorful tortilla. Okay. Why doesn't anybody do oh, crunchy like tacos? Locos. Always well, because like, how old are you, Wayne? I'm big, but that's the way I yeah. want them. Like once you hit double digits in age, you should nope. probably graduate the, from hard shell I like, tacos. I like the hard. I like <laughs> the sand. Unless I like the texture. Unless it's like a Doritos Loco taco or something like that. You know, where my it's point a fl- exactly. It's a flavored taco or something like that, which you can buy so at the store tr- now. What did you wait? We what, did a see. It was called the Aha. Okay. Tuna. <laughs> okay. Aha. Ahi. Uh-huh. So uh-huh. that right. was that was a, a chili rubbed seared ahi tuna. Yeah. On a shell, on a corn shell. On a, okay. okay. With uh, a little bit of the Asian flavors in there, the carrots and the cabbage. Now, did so you forth. make those shells? Yes, I did. Really? Yes, okay. I did. So I'm thinking maybe you guys get a. They cup. were flat shells. They were not the Taco Bell okay. kind. And these were fresh, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, fresh maybe you can get a couple of the little it, bags yeah. of Doritos on your truck. So when I come to the truck, oh, you can just do like Big Mike's barbecue. Yeah. You just Wayne bust wants it down you to the open side. A Wayne, bag of Doritos and some chili. Yeah, yeah. Wayne wants to eat it. What he wants is called the walking taco. The That's first what time I ever saw one of those, I just yeah. cracked up. I'm like, really? They took the bag, opened it up on the side, and just threw everything in it. It's like the ultimate college food. You know, they sell those or drinking food at Marlins Park down in Miami. They actually do a Cuban version of it with. With plantain chips, nice. little mariquitas, and then they just put black beans, they put the lechon on top of it and all that. Actually, it's not that bad. Yeah. But, um, okay, so, but what do you prefer? Do you prefer the soft corn or flour? Corn. Okay. Myself. Yeah. See, I'm yes. with you on that one. Yes, I'm a, a Mexican. You it's got to be I, steamed, though, right? Uh, I know. No? Really, I open fire. Fire, yeah. fire, you know, right on the okay. fire, mm-hmm. I, I cook it. But it's got to be cooked char. somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It soften up. It, it, right. You soften it up a little bit. You char it. You double them. You know, for structural. Sometimes you double in defense for, if, for structural if integrity. Dish, if that dish has a lot of liquid, you might yeah. want to do that. My yeah. wife is not a fan of corn tortillas. I always say, trust the chef. There's a reason they're putting it on right. the that tortilla, yeah. right? Yeah. So shut up and eat it. So you're grinding <laughs> your own masa. You're doing everything. Yes, I could. Man, yes, nice. Definitely. Uh, well, maybe I can. 
convince your wife. Maybe I can, you know, yeah. once I, bet, I know. I bet you can. I'll tell you what, my wife is a process person. Okay. Like she loves, like, if you can sell her on the story of your tacos, okay. she'll she'll eat it literally right Do out you mind me asking her what's her favorite cuisine? Italian? Uh, you said tuna. That's hers. But right what's there. her favorite cuisine? Is it Italian food, Mexican food? She loves Mexican food. She loves, Does she doesn't, doesn't like Doesn't every American love Mexican food? Of course. Right. Un-American, not to like my Mexican my second food. favorite after a Cuban is mm. Italian. You know, there you go. You know, yeah. I'll have so her. I need. So I'll definitely me. when I meet her. Yes, I will pick her brain, and Cuban then I will make taco. a tortilla on her birthday. I would love to make a tortilla for her. Well, her birthday was last week. But well, so we, next we year, or maybe okay. next, Do it week. next week. Do it next week. Next week at the. Yeah. Um, Just tell her you forgot. At the brewery. She care. Yeah, okay. Brewery, that'll work. Yeah, we'll stay in touch this and week. If you bring, and find out. if you bring tongue, let me know. I want to oh, see Adam's face. Oh, really? Face. Do, I you want, want to whip it. up uh, a little batch like of tongue? Brisket. It does. It does take. Oh, yeah. It does take. Oh, yeah. He sure does. If they're not out of brisket, I'm not going to eat tongue because it tastes like brisket. You'll oh, never stop. know. You'll never know the difference. I'll never tell. Tastes like chicken. And one last thing before uh, before we let you go, um, you're on the truck now because the last time uh, we we had the 13th taco on, you were just kind of like in you know. I was in the, in the truck, but the yeah, truck, yeah, I was I was making sure the food is, is right. good, and so now my you're wife there. was executing. Now I'm 100 percent on it. Okay, I sleep, eat everything. <laughs> 13 taco, awesome. Uh, the 13th taco food truck. As we uh, as we mentioned, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, they're going to be at the Mason Jar Tavern, or not the Mason Jar uh, Lager Company, the larger company on next, Sunday, next Thursday, next Thursday, next Thursday. Next Thursday. That's what okay. we're looking at tentatively, right. it's tentatively. Pen- penciled in. All right. Well, we I'm need, sure we need to verify this afternoon. I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure your social media outlets will make all that happen, uh, so people will know what the, what's up with that. Chef David, thank you for coming in. Thank you for having me. Those uh, those shrimp tacos were absolutely Delicious. fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you. Let's say hello to our guests from Big Boss. We got Brad Wynn, the owner operator, and Alan Mason, sales guy. Disney fight, Disney Disney file, Mr. Disney. We can start. We, Alan, you and I can do an entire thing about the beers across Epcot if we wanted to for another day, but that'll be a podcast further down the line. First, let's talk about what's new for you guys. Adam actually mentioned it while we were uh, having and enjoying 13th Taco. You got a, uh, wh- wh- where'd the bottle go? Cucumber did, 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 did the bottle like Blanco disappear Diablo. on me? The Blanco Diablo, which is now done. It's an ale with lime and cucumber. Uh, first things first, I got the lime. And it went great with that. And you guys, uh, you guys mentioned that you're all sitting there hand cutting them yourselves, huh? Yeah, we uh, take a day, spend the time actually hand cutting and, and zesting everything in the brewery. Uh, just sit around the table, have some conversation, and uh, <laughs> set up the flavor. I bet you guys smell so, so fresh at the end of the day. You have some conversation. Is that the name of a beer you're drinking? Yeah, what is that? <laughs> uh, we do have conversation, but more so beer. Yeah, uh, that's, that's a whole lot more fun than conversation with these guys, trust me. And yeah. then you put the cucumber in it. And again, this is uh, this is perfect for this time of year, and it went great with that taco. So this is now out in six packs? You can find this right now uh, until we come out with our Blessed Harvest Time ale that uh, helps me pay all my bills um and let's not forget harvest time while it's 98 degrees today. well harvest time you're two weeks behind on harvest time aren't yeah, you? i know, that I know. Yeah, isn't that out yet there's trailblazers out there we choose not to be one of those <laughs> they're out in may now right well let's in i do want to get to harvest time but i do want to talk about this beer a little bit so um first of all the label is awesome well like uh, it's it's this like shiny metallic green very cool got the luchador um, 
Yeah, it's got the luchador mask on. It's really cool. But this is traditionally this is a Belgian wit, right? When yeah. when Blanco Diablo first started, what made you guys decide to to change this up and and freshen it up a little bit? So actually, about a year ago, we we ended up doing a full um, Blanco Diablo event at our tap room where we did different variations on that beer. And one of those that ended up happening outside of the ginger Blanco Diablo, we did a cucumber and lime Blanco Diablo. That one sold really, really well for us. And we said, you know, let's try a larger version of this one and uh, put it out into the market. And it actually went really well over, especially over at the, the taco places and the Mexican restaurants. Those things have been um, just going through kegs of that left and right. And um, as we got closer to the, the season of releasing Blanco Diablo, we wanted to make a change. And so Dave, our marketing guy, designed the label. Uh, it's got a nice luchador mask, uh, nice fun font. Everything sticks out. Uh, it's a perfect summertime beer. So we released it about a month ago, and it's going well. Wayne wants to take a look at yeah, the I just want to look at the bottle. bottle. You mentioned it, it goes pretty. well with tacos, and it does. It's delicious. At the Mason Jar Tavern... Um, we of course have because it always gets, it always gets yeah. back to that. We've got fish tacos, but I recommend it with our shrimp and grits because mm. oh. it's like super spicy. Mm. Our shrimp and grits has got a nice spice to it, and that really cools it down. So whenever we have that on tap, that's that's the pairing that I usually uh, would and encourage. Four point three percent. I mean, come on, yeah, you can have like seven of crushable. Them. You can have a box of tacos and a six-pack of beer. Are you done plugging? <laughs> or a lawnmower and, and, and yeah. a six-pack for me, too. I'm always hustling, Joe. Are you, are you done plugging? Always hustling. We're going to have to start charging Mason for advertising yeah. time on here. Yeah, seriously. You're going to start... start. I I'm glad you, you wore that shirt, though. I'm going to get you in contact with Jennifer so we can start setting ad rates wow. I know, right? uh, wow. for this. Anyway. <laughs> all right, so what would uh, you bring in these little bombers? So our, the bombers are the... We brought some 500s, which are uh, taproom-only releases of okay. our next strange cargo. So Space Mistress, which is our uh, farmhouse saison aged in wine barrels. And then we, we wanted to release something a little bit different, which is a Belgian double aged in wine and oak barrels as well. Okay. Um, and we released these this week on Tuesday, and it's going really well. Those are have been out in limited market, but for special events and um, beer bars and mason jar, and, and they're going fantastic. Yeah, um, these, these beers the, are great. I love the bottle. But the bottles look awesome. They're, I mean, it's it's a completely different label for you guys. Yeah, so our, our Strange Cargo, I know the last time I was on, we were talking about how our Strange Cargo series, it, it differentiates itself from the, the core series, the six-packs. And we wanted to use uh, a different black and white and gold, sort of give it a, more of a, a wine label feel because it's coming out of oak barrels. So paper labels and um, just a different label color and scheme so that it sticks out once it's on the shelf. And it also sticks out with a little bit more of a, a classic style from us that differentiates itself from everything else. So these are going to be available more in bottle shops, I'm assuming. Starting out, it's going to be tap room, so you can pick them up at the tap room, and then okay. soon we'll start sending out to bottle shops once it gets established and see see where things are going. Uh, we've got a whole other set coming up in about a month, and we'll have another two beers released. Uh, that'll be uh, we'll mention those on all of our uh, social media platforms and things like that, and then you can look out for the release date at the tap room and follow up events at bottle shops and restaurants in the area. And both of these say. Aged in oak wine barrels. What specific wine? Um, Chardonnay. A lot of ours come from Pollock Vineyards. So we use, uh, is it Cabernet? Cabernet Sauvignon. Yeah, Cabernet Sauvignon barrels that we pick up from Pollock Vineyards right outside mm -hmm. of uh, Afton. Uh, no, not Afton, yeah. 
So. And uh, Pollock makes some great wines in Virginia. They're Virginia, beautiful Virginia winery, great wines, really, really good wines. And we're lucky enough to get some of their barrels when they're done with them. First use uh, gives a great red wine flavor, yeah. cab flavor. Second use is they just buy this beautiful French oak, and then the French oak starts to come out, and then we allow them to sour, and we start doing sour ales in them. Yeah, I'm not a big wine drinker at all, but I do like a good beer and aged in a wine barrel. Absolutely. Yeah, sure yeah and that Space Mistress is, is one that just really fantastic. And in the Growlers, you guys had poured something here aluminum aluminum overcast which okay. is a hazy ipa with some delicious hops it is definitely a kind of a fruit forward flavor on the hops but who knew um, hazy ipas would be a thing huh? and who knew i spent all my career trying to make them clear, clear and <laughs> now we've taken the shortcut for hazy which uh, i guess that's a wonderful thing. hazy is so. crazy at least ours tastes good. Uh, Bobby does them right. Um, he drops the yeast out of it. Mm-hmm. It's not a big yeast bomb. Some of these just don't taste great. But the one we are doing is, you know, it sounds nutty, but it has kind of a clean flavor. It does. I was going to say, when you told me it was an IPA, I was a little bit surprised. Yeah. So, so it just has a nicer, cleaner flavor. It is hazy. It stays hazy. Mm-hmm. It's all ABV process. Uh, the ABV on this one is 6.5. Okay. Wow. We're doing kind of a rotating series of IPAs, too. This happens to be one of them. Um, so just look for different IPAs that we're going to do. We're, I, we're switching it up. I want to circle back to something you said, though. You basically worked your entire career to make IPAs clear now that they're hazy and it's a bit of a shortcut. I've never heard it presented that way. It's a shortcut for some, not for us. Okay. It's a process situation. Um you know, hops create haze. It's just the way, especially dry hop beers. And we dry hop a lot of our beers. And they've always been a bit hazy. But we still work very hard to clarify it. Um, is, that one, a, is that a consumer issue if it's presented in a different way? You know, because people, uh, it's New England style IPA. Well, let's think about this. Uh, I'm old enough to know. Okay, yeah, right. That, this is why I'm asking. That everybody thought that uh, uh, a beer that we're buying off the shelf in a supermarket should look like an institutional beer. Mm-hmm. Institutional beers are going by the way of <laughs> a clear beer now. So as we move into that, there's room for these hazier beers. The style, there's something to that style if they're done correctly. Mm-hmm. I do feel like some guys are taking shortcuts. That's just it. And they're putting out an IPA in two weeks. They've done nothing to clarify it. <laughs> and I don't like it. So, And as you know, I will tell you what I like and what yeah, I don't right. like. No, this is why we enjoy having you on. We like the opinions. Well, you know, it, it's... There are a lot more hazier beers, I think, that are considered acceptable now, thanks to the chicken stock look of of New England style IPAs. Correct. And I remember seeing pictures a couple of years ago of some New England style IPAs, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, that that doesn't look like well, I want to drink it." And all these people were raving about it, so of course, yeah. had to find out. And then we all like went crazy drinking all these New England style IPAs. And, and like I said, I think some are great. Um, there's a difference between chunky and hazy also. Mm-hmm. And sometimes chunky isn't always great. Um, it depends on the beer. And some people are making them chunky, and that's that's a choice. It's like selling your brewery. It's like making hazy beers and clarifying beers. It's all a choice. It's up to the consumer. But getting back to the process, can you elaborate a little bit more on the process? Because you guys obviously aren't taking a shortcut. And to do a New England-style IPA correctly... It is about the process. It is about the process. It's about the yeast that you use. It's about hopping during fermentation and things like that. I don't want to give too many secrets away because ours is great. 
and I don't see a lot of great ones. So I'm going to leave it at that. If you want to do tours with Bobby and talk about the process as a whole, make sure that you're not another brewer. Feel free to call us up and get on the tour. But um, it is process. It is 100% process. It's going to stay hazy. It will not clarify in the keg. It, he just has it down. He's got it down. He's, he makes them taste good, look good, and that's what's important. Let's talk about the business for a second. Yeah, I noticed he dropped okay. that. Did you notice he dropped that in there? Yeah. If you sell your brewery? Yeah. I, I caught that. Yeah, I picked, that's why I wanted to talk about the business for a second. <laughs> Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Walt Dickinson from Wicked Weed. Good guy. And they've been, obviously, on the PR front trying sure. to assuage the damage, or the PR damage, I guess. Assuage. From, yeah, right, from, the, uh, from their selling of t- to AB InBev. And look, when it comes to the, uh, the idea of selling out, I'm kind of okay with it. Look, everybody's got a price, and if they're dangling a lot of front, uh, money in front of you for all the things that you've done... You might as well take it. But people seem to be taking great, great schadenfreude in some of the stuff that they've been going <laughs> through as of late. And some of the things that Walt told us when we interviewed him last week, I found to be curious. You know, when he talked about like AB and Bevan working within to kind of help everybody else out, I found that one That's to be. That's why they bought. That yes. was one I found to be curious. They're Look, trying to help us all. Trying to help everybody. He didn't. I'd like the, the notion of shelf space and bringing beer prices down uh, to affect everybody else. So there's a lot, of, a lot of the business stuff that I didn't quite get with. So I was curious from your perspective what this does to guys like you that aren't in any position to sell to AB InBev. I mean, maybe that's something you want to do down the line, but right now it's not the case, but you're still trying to sell your beer, Correct. get on shelves, still good up, put out a good pro- a product, and, you know, make a living. So how does that affect you? Well, uh, you we're doing business differently now. Mm-hmm. Um, it is not good for the industry. That's it. There's no two ways around it. When the big institutional guy gets in, starts to buy up very good breweries. There's a reason they're buying those guys. They're trying to help their image. They're definitely helping their bottom line. And they're helping their uh, margins. That is what this is about. And it also helps them to squeeze us out of the supermarket and make their choice your choice. And I don't like that. That is not what this industry was founded on. So I can never fault somebody for selling a business they built. Believe me, I own this place. I'm one of three owners of Big Boss. Um, but to whom you sell does mean a lot. And if you don't mind hurting the industry, sell to whoever you want. Right. And if you are just in it for that, that's okay. It is a choice. Again, it's my consumer's choices. It's business owner's choices. That's what this country is hopefully somewhat founded upon. So I have no problem with that. But if you think that that does not hurt this industry, you're foolish. It is hurting this industry. So I'm not a big fan. So, Alan, how does it uh, when you're when you're doing sales and you're always in that constant battle for tap space and shelf space and getting into new places, but you also have AB InBev that is buying up these things and trying to make sure that they keep their market. How does that affect you? Do you run any issues, or you kind of change where you're going, who to sell to? I mean, you you change up your approach. Yeah, it's definitely as, as I'm out in the market, I do want to make sure people understand. They see my face, they know who I am, they mm-hmm. know about me. I mean, they and also they they know the product is made here. I mean, it's sent here. We actually just switched about a, three weeks ago or a month ago. We just switched over to mutual distribution. Right. We we loved being uh, tagged with a. a distributor that's independent and not uh, really attached to a large brewery. Um, and it's going really well for us. It, it's seriously across the, 
across the street from us. You can walk there in about a minute. Our run club runs by there every single time. They actually run by the entrance to Mutual. And so it, it's a, a really solid foundation that we're building upon. And, and it's it's something that we like being able to go out there and talk about how we're local and how everybody that we have is coming from Raleigh or from the territory that, that they're based out of. And so everything we have uh, comes into comes from Big Boss and it stays into Big Boss and is reinvested in the community too. So you made a statement there, Alan, that this is what you're doing now, but you were doing all those things before. I mean, you were going out to your accounts and you were telling them that you guys were local, that you guys were, you know, locally owned, that you're, I mean, that really hasn't changed for you no, guys. I don't think all. a whole no. lot. You, that piece hasn't changed. Um, Brad, you, you said something there when you were talking that, that I want to go back to, and that was who you sell to. And, and Walt made it very clear. I, I, I ran into Walt up in Asheville a couple of months ago, right after, right after they announced it, maybe two or three weeks, and was able to talk to him privately for just a minute. And he told me then that there were lots of opportunities for them. There were many suitors, uh, whether it was a straight buyout or whether it was an investment capital. So there's a lot of different ways. And, and Walt talked last week on the podcast, or two weeks ago on the podcast, about the reason they went with AB versus Fireman's Fund or XYZ or ABC over here is that they still maintain control of what they're doing right now. They're not answering to a board of directors like some of the capitalists, I mean, capital infusion companies would mm-hmm. do. So they did sell to probably what we all consider, you know, the, the evil empire. They are. I mean, I think that we look at that, and I agree with you 100% on uh, it's not good for the industry. It's not good for you guys. Um, but as an entrepreneur, do you take the most cash? Do you take the best situation for the industry? I mean, I you think, know that's, what? I think that's it's a tough. great question. Yeah. It, it is. Um, I live my life, I, I take a different path, let's say. Um, I know I, uh, money means something different to more people than it does to me. So I'm not the best one to ask. I love beer. And I like the craft of beer. I like the beauty of what was created and how it was created. I do. Um, the, 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 the buyout and the, the company rhetoric is what I have problem with. And especially now the company rhetoric that they're, that they're portraying, uh, like it's just going to be better for the industry. And AB is giving us all a little bit of a punch while they're you know, monopolizing some hops and they're monopolizing shelf space and they're making beer in their New Hampshire um, brewery under the guise that it's still controlled by who? Are you kidding me? That's that's just a ridiculous company line. But I think the most important thing to know is, again, we know Walt is a great brewer, and he has the opportunity to do whatever he wants. He started that company with a family, and the family started that business for whatever reason. It certainly looks like it was started like a, an, a, an IT company to start to sell and to do whatever they were going to do. It's not what fits with us, but I am certainly not the guy who is going to um, bless or not bless what somebody does for money. It's not my gig. That is, the, I think what they built was great. And I do love his beer. And if you choose to drink his beer, I have no problem with that. If you're holding a wicked weed, I would never look down on you for that. It's good beer. 
But am I happy with what is happening in my industry? No way. This is not what this is about. It's not about A-B control, and it's not about these institutional brewers taking over this industry again, and that is exactly what they're trying to do. And it's funny, from a consumer point of view, I'm not quite sure a lot of people understand either. There's that aspect of it, too. I work with somebody who went out to Asheville for a wedding, and they text me. He's like, hey! Having um, having Wicked Weed. Like, he was super geeked because he's oh, yeah. heard of it, right? You bet. And this was like, you know, about a month after the whole thing. I'm like, oh, man. You know, like, if you only knew what yeah. was going on. But he had no idea. You have to watch here holding that Right. Yeah. Right. No, yeah. no idea. That bottle can turn into a Molotov cocktail. <laughs> yeah. really, really and like he that. was he was super hype about it. He's like, this is a really good IPA. It I'm is. like, that's cool. Well, you know? He's right. It is. And it is. It, is. it, it absolutely is. is. And uh, it is interesting that sometimes I think... So, like the consumers might not even still know what's going on. They're just like, oh yeah, I've heard of this brewery. Right. I've that heard people is the talk it up. Too, is yeah. if it dies down, um, I I have no problem keeping the story alive, of and course. I have no problem with the Brewers Association coming out and tagging their bottles uh, with independent brand. We've already talked about doing that because of the way it is affecting us. Uh, okay, all right, we'll stop right there. Now this is where <laughs> this is where I start to go the other way. I find the independent bottle labeling petty. Also kind of disingenuous because what is independent what, what does that mean i don't think it, it you're you're taking the same view for me that that InBev's taking and InBev's trying to down it and i don't even know if we would use it okay i have no idea uh we've talked about it a little bit we talked about doing our own thing we are independently owned we are independently operated mm-hmm. we are a family-owned company um, so we do our own thing. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to have the BA. But you've uh, thought about it. You've thought Obviously about it. Obviously, we've thought about it. Yeah. We have. We've like thought what, about, so what are you trying to accomplish idea. with that? I, don't, I definitely want people to know who owns whom. Okay. So if uh, a Wicked Weed or any of the other InBev brands um, um, come out and, and talk down to us, and, and the, the owners and the proprietors of these businesses, too, are coming out with a, a retort to the to the label itself also and instead of being um you know business-like and this is exactly what's happening they're being they're talking down to us i've been doing this for 23 years and i can tell you some of these guys i've never heard of i've heard of their brand but i don't know who they are Mm -hmm. talking down to me i find that disingenuous and i also find that to be part of the company line that's just starting so do i want to be separate from that yes i do is it going to take the Brewers Association and make a label for me to do that? Probably not. Mm-hmm. But could I use it? Yeah. And I would have no problem, especially since they're telling me not to use it. Alan, how would that work for you? Like, would you would you see any sort of uh, uptick or a different way to approach selling if you had some signifier, like the old Nintendo seal of approval? Well, so as, as a beer consumer myself, I mean, it's always interesting to follow where the beer is actually coming from. Mm-hmm. If you, I spend a lot of time in, in off-premise grocery stores, and I'm seeing new brands pop in every week, yeah. and I'm wondering, where do they come from? And you do some research, and you realize it's part of like an, another somebody's ventures that's, that's off-label. It's like yeah. when uh, the Not Your Father's Root Beer got really, really hot, like <laughs> yeah, what was course. it, two yeah. summers ago, and people were acting like, oh, it's like the small mom and pop. Actually, no, no, yeah. it's not. Well, it's a Not Your Father's Mountain Dew style right now. <laughs> yeah. There's all kinds of stuff. There's all sorts of stuff. I look at it kind of as like the non GMO label. Yeah. (laughs) Like from what Alan's saying, though, if you're looking at the origin of these beers, if you're looking at where it comes from, if you see that seal, then you know at least. At least it's. Yeah, but I think it goes back to what I talked about when we were talking the wallet, and and I pointed out the wallet that, uh, and and I'll talk about it again, there's one or two percent of the population that cares. 
And, yeah, and what course. I mean by that is is that we are preaching to us. Yeah, oh, We are preaching to the craft beer lover, the craft beer follower. And they don't – honestly – Wicked Weed, ABM Bev, does not care about the craft beer consumer. They truly don't. They care about that other consumer that's out there that they can win over to their higher margin product, as Brad spoke about. So that 1% or 2% of us that are the, you know really follow craft beer, really understand what's going on, and understand what that label means, non-GMO, that whole thing in the food world is, is international. It's global. Mm-hmm. Everybody understands that they want to eat healthier. They want to eat you know better food. I don't think that I don't, the beer is not there. We are 11, 12% uh, absorption on the craft side. So you've got another 88, 89% of people out there that don't even know what any of it means. They just look at the bottle. They, to Joe's point, his buddy that was at Wicked Weed. Had no clue. He, he's, oh, not no. A, he's not a craft beer guy. No he clue. just happened in the Wicked Weed because it probably looked cool from the outside or somebody no, told him about it. it. Somebody oh, yeah. told he's, him about he's, it. He's just talking I, about the podcast. Yeah. I understand that, but I still think the intent, intent is yeah. the same, though, so you understand. I think the intent is there, but I think there's is. less recogni- uh, it's less recognizable because I it doesn't get the global press. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you on that. That's not what I was You also get into the danger of what you see with organic labeling, where there's all sorts of ways to certify that. And then what is have organic Tostitos now. Yeah, well, green, greenwashing. <laughs> they're the, still freaking tortillas. Yeah. All right? like, greenwashing yeah, that's in the all home business is. is the same thing. I mean, there's yeah. all this. It's green. Well, no, it's not. It's greenwashing because it's not really green, but it's kind of borderline. Yeah. You don't know yeah. the difference. It, it, so. There's ways. There's ways. There's ways to blur yeah. it. All right. Anyway, I want to uh, get back to getting back to the harvest beer. time and harvest time. Yes, that's where I was going <laughs> next. Because I'm overdue. sad it's not here. Uh, July's almost over. Where is my harvest? It's 100 time? degrees yeah. a day. I, when it's harvest time. I, the thing I want this weekend after I mow the lawn in 100 degrees. <laughs> we're literally two thirds of the way through July. Come on. Where's harvest? Time? I need my harvest time. What's up? I, I actually right now I'm, I'm not talking about <laughs> it. when pumpkins get planted. The pumpkin beer needs to be out. out. I, I every come everybody's asking it's like so when's, when's harvest time coming out? When's harvest time coming out? Let's worry about that whenever it's not. So like, you, I'm not sweating, dripping hey, sweat. So you're All telling right, well, me yeah. I have to go and find the natural That's light garbage pumpkin? <laughs> That's, I mean, you can if you'd like. I to mean, find the I need my light pumpkin, pumpkin fix right now. Yeah, yeah. It, it's right now. My my sole conversation whenever I walk in is it's a hundred degrees outside. This cucumber no, lime is fantastic. For good. In people's defense, it was 97 at Beer Econa last year, and y'all were poor in harvest time. Oh yeah. Well, we didn't know it was gonna be 97 degrees at that point in time. When are you looking? Are you are are you guys looking for September or or what? Yeah, September we like to have it in there. We if it's if late August is is an idea that we'll have it ready to go. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to start. I, I would much rather have it when it's actually necessary. I to completely drink agree. Beer. I completely agree. And Joe and I have had this conversation now three years in a row. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 price last it is an evergreen. It. It's like uh, harvest. Talking about pumpkin beers on the beer podcast is the equivalent of like going to ACC kickoff and saying who's going to win the coastal. We keep doing right. the same things over and over exactly. and over again. But what we have seen though in these past three years is that there's been a little bit of a retraction on how many people are releasing those pumpkin beers and Oktoberfests so stinking early. I mean, you can still find pumpkin beers from last year if you want to. It's just yeah, where well, they're vintage now. Yeah, they're vintage pumpkin beers. You put a little tag on it says vintage, yeah. problem solved. Everything's, everything's yeah, good. I get that. So uh, I believe it was last year when we talked to you, there were variations on harvest time. You had the barrel-aged version. Yeah, we had yeah. the barrel-aged version. Okay. And so we, so are you going to be doing that again this year? Yeah, we, we picked up some fresh bourbon barrels from uh, A. Smith Bowman up in Virginia okay. again, and so we're going to start getting that ready. Um, and we'll we'll probably start brewing harvest time coming up here pretty soon, but we don't want to – we're not focusing on it. it it's, it's definitely when that season hits for us – and bourbon barrel comes mm-hmm. out and, and harvest time comes out, it's it's gonna hit. All right. 
Here's an industry question. This might be more of a broad oh, because question. this is this is where this is where Eshbal this is where Eshbal tries to, to get some in no, industry tips trying, that no. he can yeah. apply back to the no, larger company. And you might not even feel comfortable answering this, and that's fine. <laughs> so he's trying to steal trade secrets. Yeah, it's all trade secrets. <laughs> He'll do it. We'll talk. He'll be on your yeah. turf. He'll yeah. be on your turf Saturday. It's all about, it's all about Mason Jar. <laughs> when but, are you gonna make a pumpkin lager? But he's only making but he's only making loggers, so don't worry about it. Here's my question: Does having a new distributor allow you the freedom to push back the release date of? harvest time this year or does that have nothing to do with it uh, shelf space has everything to do with it unfortunately um so it will be out when the other pumpkin beers are out uh, we do come out just a little bit later um i'm not you know we're not doing june july august releases for pumpkin ale um and it's forced by the big guys and you know the big guys come out early right the good thing is and i'm gonna be angry and mad about life as usual but um, the big guys got hit hard last year and two years ago. They made too much of it. They flooded the market. And our retail friends saw that we did not. Uh, we didn't push it. We didn't say, hey, take these 40 last pallets mm-hmm. and just eat them. I got a great deal for you. Put that vintage sticker on it in six months. Do a, a July release. Let's have some fun with it. We didn't do that stupid stuff. We kept to what we like to do. Um, whether you like that beer or not, I love it. It's a great seller, and we try to be, you know, good with our retail friends about it. Instead of, you know, like Alan said, you can still see it on the retail floors because, well, it was a great deal. And we're not trying to do that. We're just trying to stay honest. Yeah. All right. So um, I am curious. You guys travel a lot. Where you, Alan, you're all over the place. So I follow you on Instagram, and I feel like. Every uh, every weekend, you're like at some new spot. Epcot doesn't mean he's traveling. No, just no, no, he's no, 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 no. I see, I see, I see beer. I see bar and taps and various other things. You're, you, with what you do, you get to go all over the place. I get that. Yeah. Get- so what uh, what are some places that you've come across here recently that you leave like, hey, this is cool, not uh, like the same, or it's just a you know just basically a carbon copy of something you've seen in another city, but because it's there, it's new to them. What have you seen that's truly unique recently? So the last uh, the last week I, I spent the week entirely on the coast, mm-hmm. and, and I was going pretty much from Southport up to Kerala. And there's so many awesome new places that are opening. Um, three years ago, whenever I was still teaching, I ended up doing sales for the Outer Banks on my own. Mm-hmm. And there's a place out there. There are a couple of places out there that really stick out. The first place is Fish Heads. That is a uh, Fish Heads. Yeah, okay. the Nags Head uh, Pure Bar. It's right in the south part of Nags Head. There's 32 beers on draft. Okay. Um, all craft beers. And there, it's on the pier. Okay, yeah, all right, because mm-hmm. I didn't realize that was there. My uh, my brother-in-law lives out in Kill Devil Hills, so I'm spending a lot more time heading out that way. But, like, the best I'm doing right now is, like, Food Dudes, at, which yeah. is great. I love Food yeah. Dudes. I absolutely love Food Dudes. Uh, and you got the Outer Banks Brewing Station, but that's about it, all I know. So there's a new, that's, uh, so that's a spot. It's been around for a while. Has it been? Okay. It is on the pier. So you're sitting there, and you're over the waves, as and you have 32 beers on draft. Awesome. All, like, local beers. When I was there, um, I know that it was, a, like, Mother Earth and, and Deep River were all on in that area. And it's a, it's a good place. And then there's a really awesome little hidden spot, which I don't know if I should be giving away my no, secrets. No, I want to know now. I'm sure he's okay with it. Um, up in Kerala called The Shack. Okay. And that is underneath this little coffee shop that uh, it's Matt and Kelly own that place. And it's a really cool place called The Shack. They've got uh, about 16 beers on draft, all local beers. They've carried Big Boss so much in the past. And, and with this new change in distributors, even in the Outer Banks, you're actually going to start finding our beer a lot more in the Outer Banks territory. Cucumber Lime Blanco, Blood Orange High Roller, Angry Angel, which is making a huge comeback right now. 
And so all those uh, beers coming out is is going well for us. And, and those places, if you're up in the, if you're on vacation, you can definitely find us up there. Uh, the beer box up in Kerala as well. How about you, Brad? Um, I have a great bar, uh, walking distance from here. Yeah, it's in Big Boss Brewing. Company. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I love company line. And, and look at you down the Mason Jar It's Tavern. Walt Junior over here. Yeah, man. Read what the company <laughs> right, wants to tell. Right, right. Back to it. Never been called a but junior before. Thanks. You bounce. You bounce around though. Hey, Brad, I got a question. I want you to ask Adam. Just look at him and go, "Why loggers?" Wow. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I love loggers, Adam, so I, I know why, but thank you, Wayne. I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, you want to steal some info? He's trying to steal yours. You're yeah, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. You do a little, no, uh, what did he know that we didn't know? Share. Collaboration's a great thing. We're going to have to come down and check it out. So. You are, and you also have to come down this fall so we can cry into our loggers over, over our beloved Redskins. Oh, jeez. They do nothing but anger Whatever. Us. It's going to be one great year. You, you think? You just settle in. I just... <laughs> I just don't yeah, the see worst, it Actually, the worst thing that could happen to the Redskins is that Kirk Cousins balls out, and then they're stuck in that situation again. What's $30 million a year? Right, so no right. Can you do That's only a quarter of the team. Oh, yeah, you can keep tagging them as long as you want. It's oh, just yeah. going to escalate. What's, what's it, a 40% money, increase? It's, uh, so, so for those who are beer listeners and don't really give a Hashtag damn stick to beer. about, uh, about yeah, football, the, the Redskins <laughs> have found themselves in a really, really bad leverage position with their quarterback, Kirk Cousins. They could have locked him up. Two years Whereas ago. Whereas the president says Kurt Cousins. Kurt, Kurt or, Cousins. Yeah. They could have wrapped him up two years ago with a market rate long-term deal or like a five-year deal. Uh, that would have looked like pennies when the next iteration of contracts. Like Everybody's like, he's going to make more than Aaron Rodgers. You know who's going to make more than Aaron Rodgers in 2018? Aaron Rodgers because he's going to get a new contract. He'll be the highest paid guy again. So all these contracts are incremental, but the Redskins didn't want to pay him. So they franchise tagged him thinking they can work out some deal. Kirk Cousins has a nice year. They had to tag him again. Uh, and it's led to you all like sorts that? of drama. Yeah, you like that. It's like life, too. It's like this beer industry. I know, You have man. to be very careful with what you wish for, because if you're doing these one-year deals, it may turn around and hurt you. So yeah. you never know what's going to happen. So, yeah, the, um, the I, I, find it, I find it amusing that the Redskins now, twice this year, have basically tried to drag people through the mud in order to make their point. Scott McLuhan, the general manager, who they called mm-hmm. a drunk. Well, we don't know why he left. Well, Scott no, was no. great. Scott, Scott got, was great. Scott, Scott did his got job. Him on the feet. You're and then Bruce Allen got mad about it. Bruce Allen's a problem. So he called him a drunk, and out he goes Bruce right before Allen's the draft. A and now he's got now he's got problems with Kirk Cousins, and calls him Kurt, and doesn't want to give him a deal, and he drags him through. Like, oh, he's see greedy. Other people surrounding themselves with yes men. It could be a problem. <laughs> it is. Yeah, it could definitely be a problem. I need so, some yes men. That's your that's your Redskins update. Redskins <laughs> yeah. corner here. You happy, about, you about happy, happy for the season? Hey, it could be worse. It could be the Panthers. How about those Yankees? Panthers out here finding their general manager eight days before camp, right? <laughs> yeah, but it got Herney back, though. <laughs> yeah, right. Bring, yeah, Herney, I guess I guess Herney found sports talk radio too boring, so he's back in the GM <laughs> thing because he owns a radio station out in Charlotte. Anyway, Big Boss, thanks for coming in, guys. That was fun. Thank you. All right, uh, I'm not here next week. Uh, other yeah, want- why are you not here so much? Hey, you're making that a habit, Jeff. It's summer, bro. I've told you that you know we could take a break from these things from time to time, but now we're no, on the now air. Now we're contractually obligated. Now we're on the air. We're in peak beer economy. I see Brownlow in Brown the next office. You think we can get that Brownlow girl to? Hey, to if you ho- want Brownlow to host, hit her up. See I what mean, she Alec wants might, to hang out. Alec, we have to re- renegotiate I'll be, uh, this deal. I'll actually be in San Francisco next week, and uh, I don't know if you want me to call in. Uh, I can give That's you my right. I can this give is, you my Russian River review. You're, you're going to try to go yeah. to Russian River, right? 
Yeah, I think I, I convinced Kelly that on Wednesday of next week, we're going to go up to Muir Woods, and then while we're already on the other side of the Golden Gate Bridge, we might as well just keep on going to Santa Rosa, and yeah. uh, which is about an hour away from uh, the National Monument of Muir Woods, and go check it out. Yeah. So I'll be... I think I think it would be worth your while. Oh, I think so, too. I think so, too. So we're going to make that work, and then I'll so be back. while you're there, we're yeah. uh, not doing beer next week. What, what? Got Bedlam oh, vodka. Wow. Oh, vodka in the house. Brandon from Bedlam. Yeah. Bringing the Bedlam. That looking, is fun. Looking forward to that. Yep. So that'll be a fun time. Very, very cool. All right, so be on the lookout for that reminder. You can listen to Old Now and Now Beer podcast on the WRL Sports Fan app. A lot of great guests that we've talked to. We referenced that Wicked Weed conversation a couple of times. You can go back and listen to it on the WRL Sports Fan app. You can also subscribe on iTunes and Google Play. Cheers. Cheers. You've been listening to the 919 Beer Podcast, brought to you by White Street Brewing Company. Big time beer, small town soul. Remember that you can also download the show at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports Fan app, and the iTunes and Google Play stores. And tune in next Saturday at 8 a.m. with Joe Olvius, Wayne Holt, and Adam Eshbaugh for the 919 Beer Podcast.